Hi friends, I'm so excited that you're here with me today. I have a really special friend, um, somebody that I got to meet during my college years, and she's here with me. She actually lives in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and um, I would like to introduce you to her. So her name is Rachel Menge. It's definitely right. So she's just kind of here to chat with us. Um, she, is, she went to the University of Michigan, and she is involved in all the things, technology and tech, all the things I don't understand. So she's just going to introduce herself really quick. Yes. Thanks, Aubrey, for having me. I've been listening to the podcast and love everything that's happening, so I'm glad to be a part of it. Um, I, like Aubrey mentioned, am at the University of Michigan, actually right now, finishing my master's in computer science. I did my undergrad in computer engineering, which there's a fun distinction there if we want to get into that, but <laughs> for now, we'll, we'll gloss past that. Um, I just accepted a position at Microsoft, so I'll be going there in September, hopefully, we'll see, um, out in Seattle, Washington. And uh, yeah, so I've been doing the tech stuff for a while now. It's been really fun. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I think I always remember it like the first time I met you too. And, and I heard that you were involved in this stuff. And I was like, um, I'm in like marketing and writing <laughs> and all that fluffy stuff that doesn't really involve a whole lot of intense technology. Um, and so I instantly was intimidated, not going to lie. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> smart. Like, um, watch what you say. If you <laughs> HTML, we might be in good hands. <laughs> um, I, I think that's funny. I, that, that's, I'm not going to lie. That's a common, um, I always think it's so funny. It's a common thing with engineers that they get like, oh, you must be really smart. And I always think if you knew how I got through to this point, you wouldn't think that way. It's, uh, I always like to say that engineering can be accessible to anyone. So if you, anyone can do it, it's just those us fools over here who are <laughs> wasting our time, all, the, all these late nights learning it. So, but it's uh. Uh, kudos to you guys, though. We were talking about this before, but, like, I think that I could probably learn to be decent at it, but, like, my brain, I swear, it just says no. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 I'm good. <laughs> so I'm glad we have people like you. Um, and so, yeah, guys, um, we're just going to kind of have a, a solid conversation about all this. Obviously, um, we're, I think we're all pretty aware that this career has a lot of a lot more men in it than women. So we're going to kind of dive into that to see what that looks like. And so we're going to start off and I'm just going to ask Rachel, what got you into doing all this and like, what made you decide this is what I want to do? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, the interesting thing about technology and especially engineers is that a lot of people get into it for a lot of different reasons, right? So I have a friend who's actually planning to be a doctor who wants to be an OBGYN and she ended up becoming a biomedical engineer just so she can have that type of structured thinking. I cannot do blood. Lord knows this is not my route in anything. I ended up coming to college thinking that's what I was going to do. And then I remembered that crucial fact. And we quickly, we quickly switched gears. But yeah, so a lot of people get into it for a lot of different reasons. But personally, I have a, I have a very, we'll say, a, a project passionate father who I grew up around all sorts of crazy inventions. Um, I remember one day we like walked down the stairs and my dad was sitting in a lawn chair and my mom was so mad. And I was like, mom, why are you like so upset? She said, look what your father's done. So I look outside, he's sitting in a lawn chair drinking like some type of cocktail. And literally it's a Saturday morning and the lawnmower is just driving itself around. It's a push lawnmower and he oh hooked it God. up to a cordless drill so that it's making giant circles in our lawn. And my mom was so upset because every neighbor who walked by would be like, why is, why is your lawn circles? And he, my dad would just show them the invention. They'd all be excited. So 
I love that. Yeah. So I didn't really have a choice in the engineering field. I kind of grew up with a love for it just because I had such a great influence in that regard. Um, I will say though, at the beginning, my dad tried to pay me. He used to like be like, I'll give you a dollar if you'll do this program every time. And I refused. I was very much against it. I was like, no, I'm going to be my own person with my own ambitions. Um, and uh, look how that worked out. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, something must have worked out. Um, I will say though, my little sister, she studies fashion and she's, he's even influenced her. She's making her own stuff, but yeah, man, she she definitely also tried to push off from the engineering. It's a it's a pretty constant force from him. A funny another funny story too is Nathan and I, my boyfriend, uh, when we first had our first date, we he had to drop me off at the house, right, and like you know like let me let me to the door, and I remember I had to like or like like position him where he would stand because my dad had set up a cell phone on top of the garage so he could like check when the garage was open or closed and he had like an app he made that would like open it I was like no like stand over here because I knew that that was out of range of the camera (laughs) to watch us yeah it was a it was a wild wild first formative years but um yeah I also ended up having a lot of teachers who helped push me and help me figure out tech so I think a lot of great mentors and a lot of uh, just kind of figuring out different clubs and organizations have really led me into where I am today. And so I'm very much a proponent for people just trying it once or twice and seeing how it works for them. And I love those stories. It feels like straight out of a movie. I, I love that. <laughs> you know, I would say sitcom or like <laughs> <laughs> some kind of comedy, some kind of comedy where you're just like, oh, I wonder if they'll actually make it through it. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, yeah, no, I think that's so cool. And I mean, obviously to some people it might be like oh my gosh I could never come up with this stuff but I'm sure to you to him and to you guys are just like basic everyday things that you could use and oh I don't know I still think that <laughs> how did you do that what are you doing but um I think again once you have someone in your life or those examples um of people showing you like oh just different ways to think about something yeah. different ways to approach a problem it really helps to broaden your your mindset and I think um my mom is a very business oriented woman. She's very like, very organized compared to my dad. Who's like, let me just like solder in the kitchen. Like, you know, we're using lead, but it's fine. So a little, a little less organized, I would say. Don't worry. We, we don't uh, let him do that uh, anymore. Um, but yeah, so I would say different influences and different mindsets really have or helps me kind of come up with a, my own version of engineering, which I think, yeah. um, it's really crucial because like you mentioned, this is a field like that not a lot of women get into. So it's really important that people from different mindsets come in because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fun examples of when people haven't thought about different mindsets and Mm -hmm. how it hasn't ended well. So (laughs) some fun engineering examples that come up. So I'm definitely going to put you on the spot here because we talked about these questions a little bit beforehand, but this one, so just prepare yourself. It's not bad. Um, But I was thinking like, do you, if somebody asks you what is engineering what would your definition be oh sorry no that's a great the good questions come when I'm not like (laughs) sitting down writing them oh wow conversation I love it okay um yeah so what would I define engineers as or what engineering is so your basic generic like what you'd see on a postcard for engineers Uh, is engineers are people who solve problems, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't like that definition because I think you can argue that for literally any profession, right? Mm Like everyone's trying to solve a problem, just a different type, and everyone's doing it their own way. So the way I like to describe 
um, engineers is that they're using technology and they're using um, specifically like the resources around them to attack a problem that can be addressed using those resources and physical things um, or even software uh, just in a unique way, right? So yeah. more so like addressing a problem in society in their usually in their realm of society using materials and the things accessible to them, which yeah. again may be super generic and also may apply to many fields, but <laughs> um, for, a, for a general definition, I, li I like that one a lot. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. I think I was just sitting here and realizing I don't really, I mean, like I understand what engineers do. Like you said, like they solve problems, but I'm always like, what do they actually do? You know, like what is behind yeah. all that? So that's why I'm super excited to uncover some of this stuff. Yeah. So one of my favorite things that a lot of people don't realize and like just personally from going through one of the engineering experiences is that like there's almost like within engineering, there's like sub-engineering, right? Mm -hmm. So every like I always joke, like, I, I lived with mechanical engineers, so these are the people who are building things and who are going to make your cars and who are going to make buildings. Um, you have civil engineers who are, like, making the cement better that, like, makes it so it can withstand earthquakes and stuff, and every different type of engineer kind of comes in with a different personality, and really interesting to see how they kind of, like, sort themselves, almost like a sorting hat, like, we're each in yes. our own engineering house. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, it's really kind of interesting how engineering, we all come under that umbrella, but within it, it's very, very distinct. Um, like, I will never be able to be a mechanical engineer. <laughs> you don't want me building your car. Let's just say that. Um, but uh, I've done some autonomous driving stuff. So like, even then, I've done some things that can be useful for them. Um, I'm just not going to ever be able to change a tire, but you know, right. we each have our skills. Right, right, exactly. Somebody else is be really good about that. Hopefully, Nathan. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. We'll see. Hopefully, someone's around who knows what they're doing. So exactly. No, I I appreciate that. I think that's super um insightful. So we can kind of get an idea of that. Um. So then, what are some of your you know maybe big goals as a career? Um, some ambitions you have, and then maybe just some like personal goals within that. Yeah. So. Uh, once I finish my master's, you know, this virtual life we all live in. So yep. I'm going to finish hopefully this semester. Uh, and then afterwards, I've been planning to go into industry for a while. I just really wanted to have that experience. I think it's a, an important thing to understand um, kind of where things are at in the world, right? Like I've been in academia for a few years now, five years just in college. And I think it's important to have a perspective of like what people are actually dealing with, right? So if you want to be good at finding the next solution, you have to know what the current status of stuff is. So um, yeah, so that's why I'm kind of headed out to Microsoft to kind of get my hands dirty uh, with some industry. And then my, my real passion, my real goal is teaching. Um, I really, really enjoyed teaching. Um, I really think I'm super passionate about making coding specifically and also engineering in general way more accessible and making it seem less scary and less daunting. Because I think a lot of times people present it as this super hard thing. And if you do it, you're some sort of guru master, which is just, well, I think it's a great confidence booster for people like myself. It's not necessarily true. Uh, it's, I think it can be something that really anyone can do if they have the time, if they have the interest. So yeah, I think some people may say like, oh, it's a different mindset, you know, different things. Um, I really think it's like the same as learning a language. I can't, Spanish was hard for me, I will say, um, but C++ was relatively easier. So, I mean, it was my own version of a language, right? So right. these are, I really like the idea of teaching and making things accessible and making it 
like connections to the things that we're living with today even because you know we're all using computers especially now and you know cameras and all sorts of things so understanding how those work under the hood gives you a lot of a lot of like power in today's society yeah i i, I agree considering i call people every time i <laughs> issue <laughs> that's that's very real yeah and then within that getting more underrepresented groups involved so you know minorities are heavily underrepresented and then women as well have a tough time there's various cases and studies with that um yeah, so even when I was first taking college, our professors had to make an announcement because they, uh, it was in my intro coding class, they, there was a bunch of guys telling women they shouldn't be there, so. Wow, like shame the, on them. Yeah, well, I ended up teaching that class, so yes. clearly they don't I know what it. they're talking about, but it's fine. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so I, yeah, so I ended up teaching that class for three semesters, and that's really where, um, you know, understanding, like, different techniques of how to address to because this class had a thousand students, right? So wow. there's a lot of different people coming in at a lot of different levels. So mm -hmm. yeah, so that's a long-winded way to say I really like teaching. I think a <laughs> lot of people can do it and I want to be able to help them on their journey. <laughs> uh, I love that. No, I think that's so cool because there were certain subjects I wasn't great at and I always, and I think, I think it goes both ways where the student might be having a hard time, but I also think the, the teacher might also be not teaching it in a way that is making it more available to the student in the way that they learn. And that's I, a tricky thing, right? It's not an easy thing to do to be able to think, oh, this is how I learned something. This will work for everyone. But then right. to change your mindset and be like, okay, this isn't working. How do I make this more accessible to people, right? So I commend right. teachers, especially those who taught me because, man, I was not an easy <laughs> student. But um, yeah, I think there, I mean, we can all think of the teachers who are really great, right? And I think that's like a goal of mine to be someone's teacher that they think of. Right, like to be that the the teacher that they come back to you in five, ten years and say, "Look at me, I'm in my dream job, and it's what you taught me, and yeah. you helped me get there." Yeah, or even just like someone who helps realize a a like for something. Like I had an amazing English teacher. Obviously, I don't do a ton of writing right now, but um, any time I do, I always think back to what he taught me, and uh, he was he was fantastic in just the way he guided me and was a mentor in different aspects. Um, even right. just outside the subject, so. I think if somebody can teach somebody a subject that's outside of their comfort zone and make them love it is huge, because, I mean, I even remember that, like, I definitely stuck towards my, my similar, you know, like-minded people in college, and, like, in all the stuff that I was into, and they obviously clump you together with the people that you're, you're majoring with or minoring with, definitely. and so I remember when I had to take, like, science classes, I always dreaded it, because, I just think, I don't think I ever was, either my mindset was a little bit off, which was very possible, or just also was just like, is being taught textbook, you know, presentation, and just retain and regurgitate, and I was just like, oh, I was so sick of that, and I had one teacher who actually made us think about it, like, the processes of all, the, I don't even remember what we learned, honestly, I just <laughs> remember we learned how to think, and that was yeah. my biggest thing, so I think if you can do that, I I can totally see you doing that. And I love the idea that you get to be able to like be there for those kids because we like, they just deserve to have that kind of education. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I completely agree. There's a lot of great teachers out there and I'm hoping that I'll be able to help some students who may not have thought that they could do um, engineering, right? Like right. help to ignite some people's confidence in this field or even just in general is always yeah. great. I love that. I'm so excited for you to do that. With that said, obviously, <laughs> you are 
there's just going to be a lot of men involved yeah. most of the time. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they're engineers, so. Right. You have that. <laughs> <laughs> See, and you are one, so you can say that. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Um, um, what do you think maybe like some challenges you've had with that? Yes. All joking aside, uh, people are coming from all different backgrounds, right? So the typical stereotype of your engineer is the guy who looks at his shoes, who has probably some type of glasses or something, who doesn't have great eyesight and maybe is not in great shape. In all my internships, I've seen people who fit that stereotype, but I've also seen people who have definitely surprised me, um, not only just with you know their appearance and first impressions, but just their intellect and the way they approach problems and things like that. So just to put that out there, there's a very diverse group of people. And with that being said, you have people who are great allies who are supporting you, who are immensely um, influential in your life and who I remember to this day, for instance, um, when I worked at Garmin, uh, which is, uh, I was working on their fitness watches out in Kansas. And that was probably the summer I was in the best shape of my life because one, we had to test the products, which meant I had to go run every so often. And, um, you know, <laughs> it, it forced me to get into some, into some, uh, some sort of shape. But um, the people around me were just very passionate about what they were doing. And um, they really helped me like do a push-up challenge even. Like they were doing Ninja Warrior challenges and like things like that. So not the type of people you may expect from an engineering company, but people who are passionate about the products they're working on. Um, that being said, on the flip side, I've had internships where um, uh, there's just people there who kind of don't, um, I wouldn't say take the extra step, uh, but people who just kind of, you know, kind of go through the flow of work and that's fair too. And then beyond that, you have people who are actively kind of making it a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and I feel like that can come with any job, with any place, with any campus even. Um, you have those people who are kind of just taking it upon themselves to kind of just be the bad apple. Um, so I would say the challenges that come with that are you really kind of have to be tough. For me, uh, a lot of the problems I had were, you know, you don't feel like you quite fit in. We're mostly from the fact of there were some days in that Garmin uh internship as I mentioned like I had a great team but even still I didn't see a woman for like three days there would be like weeks at a time where I wouldn't see another woman and I'm a 20 year old intern with a bunch of 40 year old men like it's not exactly what you're used to right so it's nice to have that someone you can connect to on a different level right or someone who can kind of understand that experience there's definitely like a shared kind of camaraderie around that. Yeah, it's just a really interesting kind of social experiment with every internship I have of like, hi, huh, I wonder how they're going to treat me and see how this kind of evolves. And you, I mean, there's, like I said, there's really great people in engineering and engineers in general tend to be, you know, very passionate about things. And I, th I find that passion is really contagious and really exciting to be around because um, they're just, they're making really cool stuff, right? Yeah. So I, I really enjoy being around people like that. But um, that being said, I've definitely had a, a few, few pointed experiences where you're just like, oh man, can't you just be better? Like, <laughs> right. so in those times, I think the best thing to do is reach out to, um, I have a great network of like, I, I did a woman in science and engineering when I first entered college. It's a residence program at Michigan. It's called WISE. And um, it was great because it was just a bunch of women engineers stuck in one area. We just all day, every day talked, you know, not even engineering because who wants to talk about that, but like, <laughs> but just like everything on the sun, right? 
So it was great to have a support network. And so I remember I had a day where someone made a comment to me and I texted that group chat and was just like, this is weird, right? Like that they shouldn't have said this. And they were all like, yeah, no, that wasn't cool. So just having someone to kind of be a backboard for you is really huge if you're going into this field. And especially if you're an underrepresented group or um, a, a woman, it's just something really crucial, I think. And there's a lot of great orgs out there. Like there's Nesby, the uh, National Society of Black Engineers. There's SHIP for Hispanic engineers. And there's OSTEM even for out in STEM. Um, those are just the ones on Michigan's campus. So I think there's a lot of, you know, support groups out there. And th that's how I got through it, at least, I think, is having those people who just remind you of us keeping forward and keeping positive, even in times when you run into some certain circumstances. It's crucial to have whatever you're in, obviously, as you said, to have a support group, because I think it can be so easy when you do get inside your little bubble of people to get used to a norm. And then if you're not sure what it looks like to be outside of that norm. Obviously, you don't know what is actually appropriate, what's not appropriate, what should you actually expect to happen, and is that okay? So um, I think that's awesome that you recognize that at first because I think it's so easy to fall into that. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, well, nobody else is making a big deal about this, so it should be fine. Like, I'm going to let it go. And obviously, sometimes that's just not the case. Yeah, it's just one of those times where there's something we teach at the University of Michigan, and I know it's a, it's a big thing around the world. It's imposter syndrome. So. Uh, the phrase basically means uh, you feel like you don't belong, even though you're uh, performing at a level that's similar to your peers. So this feeling of, you know, oh, I shouldn't be here. I, I'm not performing as well as everybody else. You know, I, I don't see people struggling and I see myself struggling all the time. Um, you know, maybe this just isn't right for me. So that's a big thing engineers of all type feel and, you know, people of all type feel. We've all had an experience where, you know, I just don't feel like I belong in this group or I don't feel like I should be here because, you know, I don't look like the other people. I don't act like the other people. I come from a different background. And that's something we've actually started. We've been encouraging to teach in our intro classes is because um, there's so many people who leave engineering. And it's not only just because, you know, coding can be a tricky subject for some people, but also because, you know, they don't understand like it's completely normal to feel like this. Like, if you don't feel like you're getting it, like, that's okay. A lot of people, it's a hard subject sometimes. And I think it's really important, a really good thing to notice, not only in others, but in yourself too, of like being a support network for yourself and for other people is, is a crucial thing. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, imposter syndrome is something that I recently kind of understood what that meant. And I, and I heard this, the phrase, and I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Like that actually put a label or term to the way I was feeling, which was super helpful. And I think I was just thinking about this, actually, we kind of can understand each other and I never made this connection, but I went to school for writing and professional writers definitely have a, have stereotypes and have this certain like, oh, they're usually, you know, almost the same thing. Like they usually have classes. They really are into their book the whole time. They're not really making eye contact. They're kind of I just have, own. I have the image of the hipster in Starbucks with their <laughs> laptop, you know? Yes. Uh, it's yes. one of those things too, where you're like, I don't necessarily feel like I fit in that. So am I really, is this really a passion yeah. for me? Right. I, and I agree 100%. I remember too, just like, even in classes, people would be like, I read all the Harry Potters and, and everyone's like, so who hasn't? And I, and I haven't, I'm so sorry for all you people. <laughs> um, I didn't never put my hand up. I was like, oh yeah, Harry, Hermione. Um, <laughs> Um, dark magic. <laughs> I just like never, I never got into them. And I do like, I do think, I think they're great piece of literature, but like, 
I was never super into it. And I think that's a big stereotype in there. And so I'd always be like, oh my gosh, I haven't read these same books. Or like, oh, I didn't write stories and get them published in fifth grade. Like something's wrong with me. <laughs> and so I just think, and I definitely like, I mean, I wore ripped jeans in my class and sometimes I wore crop tops. And first of all, I was at a private Christian school, which <laughs> I was setting myself up anyways, but then to go into that environment. Listen, blaze the trail. I love right. it. <laughs> I, tr- I tried. So, you know, what? it's just like, it's one of those things where, yeah, you are surrounded by the same kind of people. And um, I think we definitely think the same. And I think that on our own, in our own mind, we're, we're very similar, but then the appearance can get in the way. And even just the way we tr- like, treat people, whether we know that or not, um, it's just something that just gives off certain vibes. And then if you don't feel like you fit in those vibes, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. what am I doing here? Like, this is not for me. And it's not always true. So yeah, so. I completely agree. Yep. So uh, yeah, just having those organizations too, and just finding those key people are like crucial. So for anyone who's feeling that way, know that it's normal <laughs> where yeah. everyone, no matter what your field Yes. Everyone kind of has a moment where they're like, ah, I don't know if I'm doing as well as I should be. And it's normal, right? Like we right. all, we all have that. Yeah. I think that's so much of like the inner critic too. I think we're always going to be our own worst enemy. Um, mm-hmm. And that just kind of comes out and it's unfortunate, but I think that if we can try to befriend ourselves, it becomes a little better. And then having other people show us how to do that and just to show us what a good relationship looks like with each other and obviously with ourselves. Yeah. And I think you brought up a good point of like coming in with expectations for a certain field, like the writers. And I believe you had someone on your podcast who mentioned uh, cosmetology Mm -hmm. and kind of how there's like a thoughts around that uh, even and how people think, oh, it can't be that hard. And on the flip side, engineers get, you know, oh, it's really hard. And like, it's really, you know, male dominate. You really have to like be X, Y, and Z. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's really not sad, but like just an interesting fact that a lot of people kind of get pushed out by those cultures. So don't be afraid to be different in them would be a big thing. I think that's how we get the most interesting content or even the most interesting products from people is when there's someone new and innovative, right? Yeah. I, I distinctly remember in school when I was, we were, we were doing short stories or something and everybody has a, not everyone, everyone has a different style of writing, but there was all this very similar, um, overarching themes and like just flow of writing and then I waltzed in and I had a I had a short story that was um it was supposed to be a humor piece but it was about a funeral oh so (laughs) naturally um killer comedy I love it (laughs) exactly see that's what I should have yes that's exactly what it was and I just distinctly remember everybody's faces when I was done reading they were a little horrified. Um, it took them a while, but they got there. And then my professor wrote, twisted <laughs> at the bottom of my piece. So, I mean, I came, I went in there and I was like, you know what? Like, I don't write like these other people. And I knew that. Um, yeah. I just didn't, I had a different way of looking at things. Sad, good, bad. I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm going like, to tell you though, your pa- your paper was the one that they remembered. I bet. Like yours was the one that came and talked to their friends and like, guys, guess what this girl wrote? Like, it's wild. <laughs> They're probably thinking like right now, like, is she okay? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe oh, I should check in. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, it just comes to show like too. Like if you, I think if you love what you do and you do feel passionate about it, it doesn't matter what other people are, you know, think or feel about it. Like, like you said, that's where I think real opportunity lies. And if we want to take it, I think you could just really go somewhere with it. So. Yeah, oh, that was so eloquent. Uh, you're clearly a writer. So well said. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can write a lot better than I can talk. <laughs> so, 
Um, and there's a lot less ums and ands, <laughs> but obviously, yeah, imposter syndrome's a huge thing and we all feel it. So yeah, like, like Rachel said, if you are feeling that, like reach out to someone that you trust and just talk about, talk to them about that. And if someone says they don't have it, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, really? Or just like confused or just oblivious. So, um, it happens to the best of us. So don't even, don't let it rob you of something that can be really good. So definitely take your time and test it out. I think, I, yeah, oh, couldn't have said it better. The don't let it rob you of opportunities is probably the biggest thing that yeah. I found because in times where I've really felt like I can't do this, I've gone to professors and people who I feel like have like, you know, successfully gone through the track of it. Um, I just remember them all having experiences and examples of times where, you know, it really seemed like they weren't going to make it through. Um, yep. But I think that's like one of the most critical things of like understanding is like everyone's I literally you're everyone's having the same um, right. experience of not feeling like they're always being successful. And that's OK. Right. I think that when you do have those feelings, it leads to growth. If you do actually take those and wrestle with them and sit there and process them and feel them well, I think that that's where growth happens. Otherwise we just become, it's like, it's like the everyday thing. It's just normal. We just go through the motions and we're just like, ah, oh, we're here. It's fine. You know? So if you're not questioning yourself, I almost think you're not doing a good job of, you know, testing and growing and stuff like that. And then just a, a final thought on this during those times, especially at least in my experience, what I would do is I'd join more different clubs or mm -hmm. different organizations yep. or reach out to different people. Um, so I think that was like my biggest like a benefit almost from it was I got to see so many different perspectives from a lot of different, a lot of different communities that I don't think I would have had if it hadn't been for, you know, feelings of like, you know, I think I need to be doing more feelings. Right. Like I think there's other opportunities. So on the flip side of not letting it rob you also embrace the feelings of like, Hey, there's other stuff I can do. Glad we got to talk about that. I think that's just a, something yeah. that some people struggle with a lot. Yeah. Glad um, we solved that for everyone. <laughs> yeah, we, of course. Yeah. Of course. No <laughs> one, you don't need to worry about it anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Definitely. We, we have all the answers here. <laughs> just yeah. kidding. And if you think that you're probably confused as well, so <laughs> just know that. So guys, we're going to kind of do a, a little bit of a shift, um, but still kind of along the same lines, Rachel. So we got actually, how I met Rachel is through my boyfriend went to school with her boyfriend whom oh this is tricky so they started dating after we were in school and stuff so I got to meet her like halfway through our college career which was so fun Nathan or Nate Nathaniel. Nathaniel. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's what I call him sometimes. Um, yeah. So they have an interesting relationship where obviously Rachel's in with technology, engineering, all that kind of stuff, and he is in HR. So the roles feel a little bit flip per the usual. So talk yeah. to us about that a little bit. Like you mentioned, he does HR. He works currently for Domino's. So shout out to the pizza pros. Yeah. Um, Sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please. <laughs> yeah. So he... He works with a lot of women for obvious, like HR tends to be a, a female dominated field where I tend to work with a lot of men. It's just been a really interesting experience for us. And luckily for us, it's never caused any problems or rifts. I think a crucial part of this with any relationship is communication, right? Like mm -hmm. always just saying when things are happening and stuff. But I will say, for instance, like <laughs> engineering is a field where there's 30% women. So the, the, the pickings are slim for these folk who are here. <laughs> <laughs> to say that there haven't been times where, you know, it's just been things I've had to talk to Nathan about, right? Like just moments of like honesty of like, hey, just so you know, this guy said something to me today. Um, 
just like honestly talking to him about it and being like able to you know work through these things and just not hide secrets from it because like I think you just kind of got to embrace your situation sometimes of like yo this is where we're at (laughs) we're we're the hot stuff in our industry you're a hot commodity yeah listen (laughs) you're rare yeah exactly (laughs) exactly even in his line of work too I know he gets you know (laughs) same same situation for him too right like it just people want to talk to different types of people too so even that um and of course I think he's super cute so why wouldn't someone want to talk to him did you hear that Nate yeah exactly (laughs) you better Um, be listening yeah I know I expect dinner tomorrow Um, (laughs) right so I think another key thing too for us has been it's actually really a benefit that we're in different fields like for instance I had a comment when I got a scholarship from the guy who was giving me the scholarship was oh you'll have a great time making a husband when I like told him I was doing engineering and I just thought no like (laughs) that is not why I'm doing engineering fun fact yeah Yeah. and so it was just a really interesting comment and again another example of how like you know just increasing the normalcy of women in engineering is probably a good thing to do but yeah it was a it was a really interesting comment and in the end I ended up dating someone from HR who didn't even go to Michigan the college I was at I think for us just having different perspectives on things makes us better people in general I think for me I get caught up in a lot of technical stuff a lot of like you know left brain right brain stuff so having a switch around is really really good he keeps me really grounded with people and making me an actually social person <laughs> and having social skills where I think sometimes I push him to do different things and embrace certain um, experiences and kind of get him to challenge himself a little bit more in terms of like work and things, which I think is really exciting. And we have great conversations. I think the opposites attract for us in Mm -hmm. this regard is super beneficial. And we obviously have some common grounds on values and morals, which also helps us kind of see each other's problems and help each other out through those. So that's been a really big benefit. And it also exposes us to different friend groups, right? Like, I would have never met someone as wonderful as you if I had just been doing my engineering life. And I'm, I'm not sure if you'd say the same with my friends, but you know. <laughs> no, of course I would. <laughs> yeah, I, they like him. So at least we have that. Um, <laughs> no, he, th- they all get along really great. So it's, it's been really cool and interesting to just see, experience different, you know, friend groups that we wouldn't have had otherwise. So it really exposes you to different opportunities. Um, so beyond even just we're in a non-traditional like roles of in society, it's also helping us to like kind of see a non-traditional like in our own relationship too, because you know our our family, I guess you could say, um, because HR tends to in today's society kind of be more bloated, right? As in terms of like there's more people coming in and tends to not get paid as well per se as like an engineer starting off. For us, it's just about honesty and respect and like really just really celebrating each other's accomplishments, right? Like he has a great job. I have a great job that I'm going to. So we're just really excited that we have these opportunities. So I I get comments from people sometimes about like, oh, he's in HR. Like, are you going to be the bread maker? And I'm like, Uh, I don't know. I might be. He's, he works at Domino's though. So he's the one bringing home the dough. (laughs) Um, But But yeah, it's one of those things where we just kind of embrace our situation. We're both just really excited that we have things that we like to do and are passionate about. Um, We each have days where we're like, oh, this is the worst. But like in general, we're really, really happy for each other and excited for each other's accomplishments. I think that's probably one of the most important things too is 
you know, I think, well, and usually in society too, I mean, obviously it's changed a lot over the years, but men traditionally are the, you know, provider of the home. And I think me and Joey, um, for everybody who doesn't know, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned him on here. (laughs) If I haven't, that's probably an issue, but um, so he's my boyfriend for a while now. Let's put it that way. Um, we actually, he would study fashion. That's not the usual for a guy. And he's really freaking good at it. So that was cool. And then I'm in real estate, which can really go either way. Now I think, I think there definitely are more men in it, but women are definitely rising to the occasion, um, yeah. so to say. So it is, it is so funny though, because I mean, I think even telling people when, when like people ask, oh, what do they do? And I'm like, he's in fashion. <laughs> Yeah. And, like, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think it's amazing. And he brings so many things to the table that way. And he's so talented, but like so many, I, every time they're like, Oh, Oh, oh fashion. You got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Do we need to talk about this, but it's just like, I totally get it. I understand. But at the same time, it's so good to like, to kind of destroy those little social norms that don't need to be there because there's just a lot of opportunity for someone to be in, to, in fields like this, no matter what their gender, race, you know, ethnicity, all that kind of stuff is. Definitely. I completely agree. And yeah, like, of course, it's really exciting too to see your partner or significant other like killing social norms and just really embracing passions that they have. In that case, how can, I mean, it's just an exciting thing to see. Like it's not, it does, it doesn't affect us. Um, Like you said, there's comments, right? But beyond that, everything's good. I know. I know. I think you just, and you have to just be able to take it as it comes to and just say, hey, we're bigger than those things. And we believe in ourselves more than what somebody else might say or think and we're very aware of that so it's just like it is so much of like you said I think I love how much you support each other and love what each other does and and I think if we didn't do what we love we would be in a worse place so I'm like I'd rather be doing the opposite of the norm and then just be happy with where we're at than trying to just conform a hundred percent I think yeah he wouldn't want me being doing a job where, you know, I'd stay home more and I don't want him putting himself through a job <laughs> I that even, I don't think he'd like. Yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> I don't, it's really, it would not be great. I think I'd be a terrible housewife. Um, me too, it's okay. To, yeah, props to anyone who can. Um, that is not an easy job either, but. Nate's a really good cook too, so. I know, it, it works. really works. It really does. <laughs> he would always make food in college and I'd be like smelling it from upstairs like, <laughs> Um, hey, Nate. <laughs> Literally, though, from dating Nathan, I've realized how terrible I am at cooking and to just not embracing the correct lifestyle right. that I should be. Oh, fine. no. It's fine. I'm it's right fine. there with you. I'm right there with you. I'm just really glad we could chat about that. I think that that's something that's not talked about a lot. And so then what would, like, be one piece of advice for any anybody in a relationship, maybe just in general or even specifically that is in a kind of a reverse role situation? Yeah. So in general relationship, obviously communication. Wow. So insightful. (laughs) Wow. Um, But I mean, I think for everyone, the biggest challenges and hurdles really become the ones that you don't talk about, right? So that's like the kind of the reason communication is so key. I think another thing too, that I personally have been working on, I think it kind of was hinted at in your financial podcast that you Mm -hmm. had is that everyone has a different perspective, right? And so sometimes that even translates into, you know, what they call love languages of like how you express affection and things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and how you view money and how, you know, what you're, how you may think something's important, but the way you go about showing that is different for other people, like just like the efforts you make. So I think for us, the key thing has always been, you know, starting to really understand each other's, like the way we interact with each other and how we appreciate 
or how do how we feel support from each other I think that's the biggest thing too for instance for me I my biggest thing is like Winnie cooks right because I suck at cooking so whenever I have some sense some nutrients or like I don't have to worry about it that's a huge support um I had a really big health issue and for me the way I would approach it if the roles were reversed was not as well done as what he did for me so I think understanding what people what each other needs and support is is a really really crucial skill in a relationship um and you may not always get it right but helping each other through it is key is key yeah just say even on that just like yeah we're gonna mess up we're gonna make mistakes we're gonna do things we don't mean or say things we don't mean and I think it's just the fact of like being able to forgive them but also both sides willing to grow and change from that I think it's just a huge thing definitely Nathan has way more patience with me (laughs) and I have a I have the stubbornness to get us through. So it works right, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it works. I love that. No, I've, I've loved your guys' relationship from the start too. I just, I remember that too. When, when Nate first started talking about you, we're all like, oh, there's a new girl in the, I swear. <laughs> it's like a reality TV show when I look back. Because like, me and Jen were like already there and yeah. I know we were probably like scoping each other out. And, like, <laughs> and then we're like, oh, a new girl. <laughs> yeah. And wow. I loved it. You were like, you were so fun. And I think, and I never would have guessed you were in engineering when I first met you I was just like girl this, this girl's fine like we're just she can, have, <laughs> she can have a normal conversation like you see like the stereotypes are even in my head she's not like she's making eye contact like she does yeah. want to hang out with us and so I think like that's a huge eye-opener for me too just to say like okay all right get some be cultured like <laughs> know your people get to know different people like oh you know. it was in my head too I was like yo am I like ugh, like am I talking enough or like am I being funny and you know am I like, oh, stop looking at my shoes like I'll look up you know no it's it's one of those things too where everyone gets in their own head right about things so yeah I think I I mean it's always really exciting to meet new people and you guys were great so it was it was really fun so it's really interesting to think back to like where Nathan and I started because we started technically long distance like our first or our first year was mostly an hour and a half away from each other because we were at different colleges. So big, big thing for us was making time for each other. Um, and I think that is, if you want to do long distance, it can work. I think, it, I mean, again, we're surrounded by people of opposite genders in our classes even during that time. So we were really honest with each other about how our day went and like making time for each other and showing priorities right like <laughs> I know he'll say like, oh, she doesn't Snapchat enough. Like, um, but I think he was really understanding of this crazy schedule that I had and kind of just like what our programs were demanding of each other. And, you know, I would always make, I I remember one time he handed me like a career fair packet and I highlighted it for him, like which ones he should attend. So like just being supportive through each other, even when you can't be there physically is huge. I think that's, yeah, no, that's so important. Rachel, what is one thing you kind of want to leave our listeners with? Yeah. um, I think the biggest things are, follow your passions as always. Your passions may not align with what society thinks that you should be passionate about. I think it's really exciting to embrace new things. Um, If you want to give engineering a try, I think it's really worth it. There's a lot of great online stuff too out there. I think there's a lot of cool opportunities that people can embrace given that they put in, you know, a little time and then also, you know, just don't worry about what other people think. So yeah, and it's always great to have a support system there, even one if it can be a significant other, that's fantastic. So those were the big things that have helped me through and finding the people and the allies and, you know, the friends who can really be there when you need them. So yeah, yeah 
that's my final thoughts on everything. Uh, I appreciate that so much. Well, thanks so much for being here. Guys, if you want to connect with Rachel, I will make sure that we can go to, because you have a website and stuff, right? I do. I have a Wix site, which for a computer scientist, it's like, <laughs> oh, but uh, no. I'm super excited about it because I have no graphic design, but it's uh, RL Mengi, uh, I think like .wix.com, something uh-huh. like that. So I'll send you some people are actually interested but yeah i will put that in the description (laughs) for you yeah guys i would love for you guys to subscribe to this podcast if you can and then also if you know anybody or you yourself want to be on it please reach out um other than that if you liked it give us some feedback i'd love to hear what your thoughts are stay safe and healthy and sane during this time um just real talk (laughs) right (laughs) right yeah i'm just grateful for your support and i cannot wait to talk to you next time